Hi, Mage fans. This is your host, Terry Robinson with Mage the Podcast. And joining me today is my friend and mentor, Monica Specka, who will be shepherding me through the process of figuring out how to make the stupid thing I thought up work gooder. Monica, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I just discovered about 10 seconds ago that I'm your mentor. Okay. I thought you were about to say friend. And I'm like, hey. No. <laughs> not true well, uh, mechanically i discovered i was your friend some time ago <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had that happen where someone introduces you like oh this is my good friend and you're like oh, my good friend. why was i not when consulted I, on I, this <laughs> when did i get upgraded to good friend <laughs> it's usually a pleasant surprise it's yeah. like oh i didn't know you thought that way about uh, what are we taking a stab at today okay so i am a person who is very fond of the game mage of the ascension but no yeah <laughs> i just <laughs> Uh, really Uh, also do you want to say like welcome to bonus experience or anything like that so we can oh yeah sure hi welcome to bonus experience this is this is going to be a crossover episode so it'll probably show in the vxp feed later than the mage feed um because this is uh i don't know okay well vxp doesn't even start until the beginning of march this will show up i'll release this to our feed whenever so this will also be monica and terry talk about whatever it is we're about to talk about yeah Hello, welcome. We are two queer people who are speaking with authority about games. We swear, I'm mad about it. It's a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details <laughs> of running and writing games. I, I wrote this six years ago. You'd think I would know how to introduce my own podcast. That's that's fine. Uh, there are two things that I am attempting to enhance in a game of Mage the Ascension. It is an old World of Darkness okay. game, and the contrivance is you are a wizard or a magician, and any extant set of beliefs that can give someone power over the world around them outside the bounds of what we would call general causality is admitted. If a character is injured, they can be healed because someone has access to hypertech nanobots, or another person believes in intercessory prayer, or another person summons the angel Mariel to bring cleansing fire, to purge the impurity. Another person could pull down a aspect of the platonic realm to bring them back to their state of previous wholeness. All of these can work and there's a system behind it and your character kind of picks one and that's the way you go in magic in the world. But for the sake of convenience, what the game does is it breaks all magic down into nine spheres and five levels and you mix and match them to get the kind of effect you want. So heal another person is generally going to be life three. The problem with that is, is when you have a magic system that is kind of that, for lack of a better term, simple and straightforward, Mm -hmm. at some point, everyone should kind of get the idea that you're all kind of doing the same thing. Uh, And sometimes the authors are on record saying, no, 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 this is satire. Everyone does realize that they're doing the same thing but they have this weird veneer on top of it, which to me really goes against the theme of the power of belief. Like it is a little bit too tongue in cheek ironic for my tastes, but if the magic system is kind of that straightforward, it really feels like someone should be able to figure it out. One way of dealing with that is if magic is highly quirky, if everyone does really have their own way of doing it and seemingly operates by very slightly different rules, then it would be much harder for someone to realize that secretly the exact same thing is what everyone else is doing. And my my thoughts about that were, there are a whole bunch of merits and flaws that subtly change how you magic 
and would be like, oh, okay, well, this person thinks they've figured out everything, but then why is it that Monica's character is seemingly only able to do this super cool thing when it's a full moon, and but can do this thing that seemingly no one else can? And there are a bunch of magic um, merits that do that. One is cyclical magic that makes it so your mm-hmm. character's power max, waxes and wanes along uh, some cycle. You also have merits like mystic scientist and technosi, which give you access to a different set of tools that make things kind of interesting. The problem with that, though, is in the game of Mage, those merits are expensive. They're five, six, seven point merits, which are huge. You get 21 bonus points to build your character. And like other seven, five and seven point merits are things like too tough to die or (laughs) (laughs) Nephilim, where your character is like one of the descendants of an umbral creature. And you have the secret divine inheritance to be like, I can, I could use chocolate and peanut butter. Doesn't seem like it should cost (laughs) five points. So the other thing is the powers you have don't change up session to session. You get your spheres and it takes a while to get a new sphere. So it's one Mm -hmm. of those things where if you get three or four XP, getting a new sphere. ratings? Yes. Okay. Of course they do. Yeah. And it's. Real quick. Max is here. Hi, Max. I just like this. This it looks like Monica is holding a a black construction paper cutout of a creature because of how dark Max is and how backlit Monica is. So it just looks like you are holding something from like a child's construction paper. He does look like an expensive replica, like for real. He like sometimes he sits there and I'm like, you look fabricated, but like you cost a lot of money. I'm was wondering, can we kill kind of two birds with one stone? And my thought was to create a whole bunch of one dot merits merits in the old world of darkness are just kind of modifications to how your character goes around in the world and fit outside the normal dot ratings that you have so you could have a two-point merit that says i have a political contact or i have ties to the police or i have this one particular edge thing that i'm particularly good at there's all sorts of of little things i'm very good at making a first impression in comparison to other things and i'm wondering hey how could i do that with magic so for instance i made one material familiarity which allows you to to create a certain class of effects on one material without needing an extra sphere. So normally in Mage, if I want to cast a thing on a thing, I need to have the sphere for the thing I'm doing and the sphere for the thing I'm affecting if I want the two to stick together. So if I want a self-propelled rocket brick, I need forces three for the rocket part, matter three for the brick part, and then prime two to just kind of power everything. But my thought is if I am Brickathon chosen of bricks and I have the merit Brickomancer, I don't need the matter component to cast it because like bricks are my jam or something like that. The problem then is you don't want something like that that goes away. So if my character ever got matter three, I wouldn't need that merit anymore. And I'm like, how do I balance that? The other problem is I kind of wanted to create like one shot merits that do a great thing once. And this- That's wild. Okay. All right. Go on. Like uh, Wisdom Through Madness would let you add your quiet dice to a roll for a scene as the character uses quiet, which is essentially kind of this magical madness to give them strange insights and warp the world around them. So I came to a crossroad where I'm like, okay, I want to add these little tricks to the game. What systems can I modify to get where I want? And I kind of came up with three. I am going to invoke what I call Legs Maxim, named after Travis Leg, which is... okay. I I just thought maybe you were talking about like something having legs, but go on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Travis is also known for having legs, so that's good. Having legs, um, yeah. many, many people are. Noted leg Traver to have her Travis leg. <laughs> Travis um, leg, yeah. And, and other people have probably said this before, that Travis was just the first person who said it to me in a concise form. So this is one of those things like Pascal's Triangle where it's like, ah, oh, yes, invented by Blaise Pascal. You're like, you realize they had those in India 1,700 years earlier. Yeah, but we all kind of agreed to call it Pascal's Triangle. <laughs> um <laughs> So legs maxim is always make the smallest change to the moving parts of the system to get what you want. So I, I try to avoid bolting on whole new systems and I'm wondering, is there something within the game that I can change? Old World of Darkness has an experience point system where each session based on like a number of criteria, you can get more experience. And when experience is spent, it is almost always to improve a permanent thing on your character sheet. You blow a bunch of experience, you get a higher strength level, you get a new sphere, so on and so forth. They are generally permanent. Uh, players don't like spending permanent resources for a temporary gain. So then we have the question of, do you buy these things ahead of time or are you just scanning a list constantly? But my thought is well, it, like, hey, you can just blow an experience point and these things can happen. Like on the upside, it really encourages going hard in play so for instance in mage one of the ways you can get experience points is basically like heroism and facing death defying odds and doing something wacky in pursuit of who you are so if you're like i can do this because i have this little merit it creates more exciting play and it will balance out so my immediate thought is kind of like the way momentum can work in Scion, where it's like, yes, I did this daring death-defying thing and I got momentum out of it. And because of the momentum I got from doing the daring thing, I'm able to succeed at the daring thing. I have thoughts. They're forming. Yes. Carry up your um, explanation. <laughs> sure. The advantage of using XP is they're already on the damn character sheet too. I don't need to add anything. You just right. need a way to indicate, hey, you can use this. The other thing I liked it is it really lets you have a blowout. So you're like, well, my character's going to die in the scene. So let's, let me just burn through all my outstanding XP and do something crazy pants. Like for instance, I have one that says, let my sins be my sword, where for one role, you use your paradox pool instead of your arete. This would be kind of the exalted equivalent of for one role that says, add your essence. Instead, you add your limit. Okay. So yeah. if you're really close, you can be like, I'm going to go grape ape on this and do, <laughs> and do something nutty. Like paradox can get quite high. Uh, it can go above 20 or more points. And a 20 point, uh, the flip side though, is it would immediately expend your paradox backlash. So basically this would be the equivalent of saying for one roll, you get to roll your limit, but you immediately enter limit break. This would be the case of for one roll, you get to add your, you use your paradox dice pool, but then all of your paradox is immediately discharged, which is the mage equivalent of all the bad stuff that has accumulated because you've bad touched reality suddenly is like, and a 20 point backlash will frequently kill a character, send them into a permanent quiet or jet them off to a paradox realm, which is basically a side story where a morality play plays out because again, you magicked too hard and reality is angry at you. So like, why not spend six XP? So for one scene, you are bulletproof, deliver your final monologue and then explode in a cloud of paradox and magic that everyone at the table is probably going to hopefully talk about for years. <laughs> the other thing is I don't want these to be part of the normal player toolbox. Like I don't want it to cost a willpower point. That's not right. enough. And I really don't want to get into the game of like, ah, for two willpower points, two questions and so on and so forth. I really want it to be something that comes back 
slowly. But players really don't like spending permanent resources for a temporary gain. My other option is it's a narrative handout. The storyteller will periodically say, hey, you get this because of your interaction with this weird quirky bit of magic. You get this interesting little insight. Another one is Invisible Sun, take a drink, has something (laughs) called incantations, which are little wisps of magic that your character just gets from being out in the world. They can be wildly above your level. And your starting character, who is level five, can get a level 15 incantation. And for once, you can do something absolutely amazing in terms of ability. They have the benefit of having really cool cards. The downside is you now need to have those cards. And since I did not create the game, I would need to find a way to get those out into the world. You would need a lot to avoid repeats. And like the whole idea of the magic is weird and strange out there is it needs to be, there needs to be so many of them as it were Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't really encounter repeats. The huge swings don't work hugely well in World of Darkness where characters are squishy and balance is pretty hard. On the plus side... (laughs) The characters are squishy and balance is iffy. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's, that's insane. Like, but on the plus side, like, I mean, if you get the card that says... Yeah. <laughs> Put that on a Mage the Podcast t shirt. Mage the Podcast where, <laughs> where characters are squishy and balance is iffy. Yeah. Mage the Podcast fans do mock up at that like a like a like a diner logo. BXP <laughs> yeah. fans may be more likely to do this. Mock that up as a diner logo and we'll put it on a shirt and sell it on Nerdy Cat I still need to get that shirt that says like Dawn and Zenith and and, and, and Oh yeah. I wish that existed. Yeah, and there's nothing just, they're perfectly generic words and it's just the font yeah. Helvetica. So <laughs> like, oh, okay. there's nothing can stop it. Well, me and Procreate can make that happen, maybe. The one I still want to do is the Unconquered Sun that just says who's your daddy. But um, um, <laughs> the other thing is, I think when you get random abilities like that, that can serve as an inspiration to the storyteller to be like, oh, your character got the card, flow my tears, the policeman said, where you get plus three for non-physical roles against law enforcement for a day. Maybe we have a scene with that in it, and that can kind of spur creativity. It's also one of those nothing ventured, nothing gained things. If you just get it, like, who cares if it doesn't work? Like... You're not really out anything. You can then start having a system where there are incantation tricks where a character can request one or summon one. It also is flavorful in that if it is coming from your avatar, the bit of you that can interface with the world of magic that is kind of very mysterious in terms of, is it just a part of your personality? Is it this weird alien thing that gloms onto your human brain? Uh, Mage doesn't really answer that canonically. So... So suddenly you get a card, Vengeance Born of Dark Yesterdays, which says pick a character in the scene that you've, you're interacting with for the first time. Tell us why your character's avatar hates them, like what they did in a past life or something, and you get plus three dice on all attempts to stymie, injure, or harm the other character. And that, to me, if I was another character in the scene, it's like, oh, Monica's character really has a beef with this donut salesperson. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have questions later, but suddenly you're super powered against like donut salesperson. Another one is arcane beats, which is what mage the awakening does where when your character interfaces with the magical world in a particular way, they get kind of special experience that they can use for magic-y things. So normally you would get a beat for like character growth or overcoming adversity, but an arcane beat you might get because you saw a mythical creature of a particular type for the first time and you're like, whoa, the world is magical. Or you do an effect of a certain type for the first time, or you uh, go above and beyond. The downside is this is another thing to track. It requires adjudication and you can kind of min-max a game for it, but like It's great in terms of being diegetic for like a moment you're filled with wonder and this new thing pops into your magical repertoire 
briefly. There'll be a steady stream. So if you make an oopsie, who cares? And they can kind of be a mix of, of temporary and permanent. So th those are some of the, the other systems I looked at because I am incapable of coming up with my own ideas, but I am very good at being like, let me do a literature search because that is truly what brings fun to RPGs. So just to touch on that really quickly before I give you my diagnosis and my answer, which having heard all of that, I'm sticking with my answer. Um, so <laughs> when you are stuck with something and then you go look at other how other games did it and you're looking well outside the similar field of other games. So like we're, we're, we're looking at White Wolf things and you're looking at things from like Fate and you mentioned another game and it totally blanked on it, but it was not another World of Darkness or Onyx Path game, right? Like... So when you're looking at those things, that is expressing your literacy as a game player and designer. And like, that's a good thing. And you should do that. That is really important to do. I, I think D and I are maybe going to do a future BXP episode on illiterate design. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I, I encounter a lot of things in my travels where I was like, this is a good idea. The design is illiterate. Like, it doesn't mean it's not unplayable and it doesn't mean it's total garbage, but it like has some good ideas and then fails to understand why it does other things. Heartbreakers are frequently game illiterate because that person is only like, I want to do things that are better than D&D and they have never played another game. And so they're just guessing wildly and it's not informed by anything and they don't know where to look to be informed by anything because they don't have that literacy. And so like sometimes heartbreakers have some real good rules in them because people are kind of good at shooting in the dark. And, and other times you're like, oh, honey, you think that not having <laughs> classes is an, is an innovation. <laughs> right? Like, so anyway, that's good. It's good. It's good that you're doing that. And it's, it's good that you, when you're stuck, you go, let's see how other people do it. Because mm -hmm. that's just being good at design. So here's my diagnosis. I'm not the crunch doc. I'm, I don't know, the other resident, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so first thing I would do is... What you described to me with the merits are, it sounds to me like there's a bunch of merits that exist to patch over existing problems with the system. Like you're talking about like the, this is a five point merit that lets you do magic in a certain way. Um, and a lot of these things are written to kind of patch over things that were common fan complaints or something the author had a problem with that are not necessarily just reflections of other cool shit you can do they are also reflections of other cool shit you can do and then they're taking away from your precious bonus points which are really important to making sure you have the dice pool to do anything <laughs> so my first thought is i would look at these magic affecting merits and then recost them based on how much you want to see them appear as necessary parts of a character's progression <laughs> one codicil there are also relatively yeah. few of them so there okay. might be four or five in a game where there are right. hundreds of types of magic users theoretically if this is leading to i'm creating an stv supplement maybe we write a couple more yeah that's an okay <laughs> place to add okay we want to not add subsystems but if we're looking at recosting and and maybe adjusting things that alter the way people cast spells and do magic and express themselves that way, then we can take these as the existing ones as a template, recost them, maybe readjust any balance changes that we need to do because we want to look at these being readily available to people is at least what I'm understanding what you said, right? Yes. The way I would parse that is some of the magic changing 
bits and pieces are part of very large merits that do five or six things that fundamentally change your character. I'm interpreting that as make it a two point merit, but it's just this one little part. Maybe your father is no longer Odin, but you can still do the weird magical casting thing where you get to invoke this one person. Right. So I'm saying take these four or five big, ridiculous seven point five to seven point merits, which is a shit ton of points and smash them apart into a bunch of little ones that cost like two or three, one, two, three. Right. Keep it in that range. And then if you're worried about those taking away from your bonus points, I would increase the number of bonus points and then silo them. So you have 10 bonus points for your abilities, 10 bonus points for your attributes and 10 bonus points for merit, which I've all like I am. Curious that Exalted Third Edition didn't do this if they were going to keep BP. <laughs> that has Exalted also prior to Essence has used bonus points and used merits. So this is certainly something I'm very familiar with. And like the bonus point thing is very very easily solved by siloing and then you know maybe looking at their costs. I don't know if you want to spend the time looking at their costs, but siloing will solve the problem pretty well. And then you can simply go, okay, I, I want to control how many bonus points people have to abilities. I don't want everybody having fives. I'm going to make that number so that you only get one five or whatever. I don't know that that's really a world of darkness problem. My understanding is that that's actually pretty hard to get a five in ability in that. But this many points BP for this section, this many point, points BP for this part of your character sheet, this many points of BP for this part of your character sheet, and then this many points for merit. So you put a lid on how crazy that can get. And then you allow people to regularly take these rebalanced one, two, three dot merits that change the way we do magic, which are based on exploded bigger versions. And maybe we added a couple new ones because we were feeling creative while we're doing this. (laughs) And we start there. So we are already at the point where we're assuming characters are built a little bit more evenly. These magic altering merits are assumed to be part of the game. We assume you're going to buy them at least spend like one point on one because we're giving you specific a specific set of bonus points to buy them and then go from there. So that's that. I think that's the solution or a solution to your merit problem. Then you're talking about you want one-off merits, right? We're cool. I was inflicted with temporary madness. I saw the fabric of the universe and now I'm really great at counterspelling or something like that, <laughs> right? Part of the, the difficulty here is You know the way games frequently have themes that have an internal tension between them? In Mage, it is both the case where we want magic to be weird and strange, but kind of a big theme of the game is you're able to do this because Mm -hmm. you have, like crazy willpower not right. necessarily which is also reflected in the fact that the w the capital w willpower stat for mages is higher than like every other supernatural or every other night folk so it is mm-hmm. one of those things where i don't necessarily want to introduce like chaos magic like roll from this oh. roll 2d10 every time and consult this table to see how the effect has changed uh, but like we want a little bit of kookiness but we would like it to be somewhat directed kookiness. Like I want the character to have a little bit control over that. So I just kind of wanted to give that as a kind of a background thing, which is kind of the the Scyllian Charybdis of the pillars I'm trying to work between. Since you are the person who is breaking apart these merits and or writing new ones, you control that tone. Yes. Yeah, you control that tone. So Godspeed. So as for the temporary merits thing, I think that... You may want to consider, and this is this is not tacking on a total new subsystem. This is adding an alternate to an existing one. You may want to consider creating specific experience points, and they can just be really simple, like one, 
right? One, two, three. Again, we don't have to go crazy. We don't have to do the whole previous dots multiplied by five. Please don't do this. Stop doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stop doing that. 1995 called. Stop doing that. And and do that whenever a character expresses themselves magically or gets themselves into trouble magically or, you know, engages in that classic mage hubris with maybe a scaling amount for like one being, oh, you expressed the nature of your, what's it called? What are like the splat subsplats called in Purple uh, Mage? I, I, I would remember. just say paradigm. You express the-, the Paradigm, sure. Yeah. Paradigm, fine, perfect. I was like tradition and I- I, I mean, tradition is the term, the right but like uh, the- okay. Another weird thing about me is I view the mage factions generally as political. They're the Y splat in COD terms, mm-hmm. not the X splat. It's not fundamentally who you are, if that right. makes sense. It's not like Well, you can you can have a yeah. bunch of like narrative-based triggers that's like I expressed the political views of yeah. my tradition and then I expressed the personal views of my whatever cultural right? background or magical beliefs or yeah. yeah background or magical beliefs or whatever and so like when you should because we are creating these so when we're writing these we want to think of things that we want to encourage people to do and you're like okay when I am in this tradition which is based on faith healing or whatever and I express the utmost faith in someone and successfully heal them, I get one of these special XPs or something like that. And then if I do something bigger or scarier or more troublesome, I get two of them. And if I do something where I, you know, like you said, explode in a cocaine-fueled paradox. I would like to know (laughs) for the listener that Monica was the first person to bring up cocaine, not me. Yeah, well, I was thinking about you. Um, (laughs) Like... Uh, if you if you explode in a nova of paradox because you thought you're a wizard who is stronger than god you know the normal mage shit yeah then you get three if presuming your character is not dead after that and from there you then use those earned experience points based on doing cool role play stuff that encourages you to be a shitty wizard (laughs) to buy those temporary merits so they're not coming out of your pool of points that you need specifically to be like well i need another dot of uh animal ken you managed to pick <laughs> the one ability that mage is the only old world of darkness that does not have animal ken, it? god damn it i was like what is the worst old world of darkness skill it was either that or alertness alertness is yeah it's not, not not mage either did they get rid of that in the new in the m20 character sheet i think oh i don't know uh Ascension 20. My solution is always just to open the PDF and then go to the baskets. So like that is one thing that uh, Onyx Path White Wolf has done to me. Any RPG book where the last page is not the character sheet, I'm just mad at it. Like when it's on page 175 (laughs) of 310, I'm like, what? What are you doing? It should be. (laughs) It should always be the last page. But no, alertness is still on the character sheet. It's a talent. Yeah, so like you, you need to be keeping your XP for increasing your your skills and your attributes and buying new dots of your magic and like that, that's way more important and you are right that like people don't want to spend their permanent resources on that. But you can absolutely create like one, two, three dot merits equivalent to the number of special XP you have. So if I have glimpsed the void and now intimately understand the connection between life and death i'm the mushroom post from tumblr are you familiar with i have to uh, i'm gonna introduce you to another bit of internet lore oh that's the you cannot kill me in any way that matters matters. (laughs) (laughs) tell me the name of god you fungal piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) have you seen have you seen (laughs) 
okay, well, you... exist as an extant form of life. Uh, thank you. That's a horrifying answer. Thank you very much. So if you have that experience, that might be a one point merit to do something weird with life, right? If you have that revelation. And, and then it's a like, use it or lose it, right? Maybe it sticks around until the next, the end of the next session. So you're strongly encouraged to receive the benefit and then immediately use it. Okay. And it's not taking away from anyone's merit points or whatever. You are, you, you literally created a new resource encouraging you to role play to receive this cool thing that encourages you to role play, which you are encouraged to do quickly. So it sounds like you're breaking it up into two things. One, during character creation, in addition to okay. your, and, and this is partially me choosing to slightly modify what you've said during character creation, you get 21 freebie points, but also you get four customization points, magic customization points that can be spent on a certain class of merits mm -hmm. that fool on a certain class <laughs> of merits that modify your magic and make it interesting and special in some way. In addition right. to that, as you go through and play, there are a number of triggers that allow you to collect arcane beats, arcane XP, or whatever that can be used to purchase from a list of one-point temporary bonuses, buffs, and modifications that mm -hmm. maybe can only be, I wouldn't quite say the session necessarily, but I will say the story or the chapter or something like that, that can last up to a couple of sessions that are use it or lose it. Do you think when you get the beat, you have to buy it? Or is it one of those things where I have a few points and now I get to look over the list to see if there's anything I want? I think that when you, you get the point, it goes on your sheet or whatever, you mark it down. And then at the end of the session or whatever, you look at the list and go, oh man, I really want this or whatever. Or like, we know that these things are fluid, right? So in the moment, the storyteller may also be like, so you've had the mushroom revelation. You can take afflicted by madness for one point right now, if you want. And the player will go, fuck yeah. I do. <laughs> okay. Right. So I, I would do that both ways. Like if, if someone needs the time to think about it, they can peruse the list. If someone has a great idea right then, that's always allowed. Right. Like it seems like that they need to pick or it needs to be determined in relatively short order. It's not something where I can save up a whole bunch of points throughout the course of a story and then have 15 arcane beats that I can use in the final scene to just go turbo mode and be like, oh, this one, this one, this one, and this one would be perfect right now. You want a little bit of planning involved. Yeah, I, um, I, would, I would definitely say you want to control that to some degree. Okay. The, the thing I like about them being temporary is especially if you say something like, hey, you're not allowed to pick something you've had before or had recently. Uh, to me, that automatically kind of balances things if I inadvertently have one on the list where everyone's like, this is this is the narts or something like that. I would say that if someone is repeatedly interested in taking something, that, it, that indicates that they are really into that idea as part of their character. And you should be like, well, now we can just buy that as a regular merit. Yeah. or something like that uh, you i as the storyteller i like i think the system that you are creating is perfectly fine and that if you want people to cycle through them that's great and if you want it to be different every time that's also a perfectly fine system the pitfall of that is to one watch out for people who are very interested in making these things part of their core character in which case you just figure out how to make that idea permanent adjudicate that on the fly right mm -hmm. and the other thing is that i definitely agree that i would not let people save them up because you will get pe people who will one sit on it forever and then never use it and you will get people who will figure out every possible broken combination and then ruin your final fight because they're like well i have this thing and 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 i do uh 21 unsoakable aggravated damage uh game over 
and you'll be like, okay. And mind you to <laughs> listeners, there are game systems that want that. <laughs> Like uh, Star yeah. Star Trek Adventures very much wants it. So the fact that Monica and mine character dealt with the fact that we both wanted a puppy but couldn't agree on the type and ultimately in a moment of character growth finally realized that we should just get a fish because we're both very busy with our careers. The game really <laughs> wants us to use that to help blow up the board cube at the end of the episode. And in the world of Star Trek Adventures <laughs> and in the world of Star Trek, that makes sense. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I, I, think, I think if that's the point, that's fine. But that didn't sound like what you No, it here, is not. So, so, I, so I, I would just, control that. Yes, there are games where that kind of setup does make sense. It doesn't feel like Mage is. And the thing I like about this mm -hmm. is this also, I will probably stick with everything just being one point out of simplicity's sake. Yeah, because I really don't want to yeah. deal with that kind of balancing. And the other thing is there's nothing preventing a storyteller from just doing the incantation system where it's like, okay, this happened. You get this, you get this, you get this. Especially for one of those sessions where you're like, ah, I kind of want to reward him with something, but we didn't really hit any milestones. What can I do? Or for instance, this now represents at the end of this event, you encounter this mysterious creature that smiles at you in this particular way and says, I wish you luck in your endeavors. And you're like, oh, suddenly you get this one shot ability that your character suddenly has. I also like the fact that it is important to me that in Mage, there are no player mechanics. Everything is a character mechanic. There's no momentum, there's no rewrites, there's nothing like that. Everything stems from the narrative and goes back to the character. Again, no value judgment there, but I wanted to have kind of a diegetic in-world explanation. So the cool thing about Mages and having avatars and there being magic is, as you said, like, hey, there's this moment where my character expresses themselves in this new and novel way, and briefly they are open to the magic of the Tellurian, and it rushes in, and I briefly grasp at this and can do this weird thing for a moment. I feel like that that makes sense. Okay, I like the idea of, of splitting them into two things, which has uh, both complicated and simplified things. Now, one thing I would like your opinion on that is a follow-up to those one-point merits is one of the problems that you run into with merits is sometimes they are only useful for low-level characters, sometimes they're only useful for high-level characters. So if I give a merit that says healing touch, that my character can use life two to heal a certain class of injuries. So normally it takes life three to heal what someone else is doing, but I, I take healing touch as a merit that says I can heal non-aggravated heat damage or poison or small caliber handgun bullet wounds or something like that once my character grows to the point where that is obviated do you think the character should get the point back do you think they should be able to rebuy the merit and now it does something else is there a recommendation you have for a bunch of things merit you're done with <laughs> yeah that are really yeah. flavorful at low levels but just kind of get obviated from the system as a whole all right, not to exalted essence on main, but I'm gonna. It has a built-in rule for all at all the advancement steps. It's like if you're tired of this merit, exchange it for another one at the same rating. Now it uses a much simpler, more direct system where it's just like, oh, I had this thing prime. I had influence primary previously. I was just like notor notorious in this area, right? But then they hired me, and I, now I'm now I'm ruling them. Fuck. It's backing now. So that also leaves room also for not just I'm tired of this merit, but also like, oh, the story has changed. And so I think it's fine to allow people to exchange merits for similar merits of, of a similar rating. Like I had this one one dot merit that let me lay on hands, basically like you just described, where I heal people with life too. 
we over the course of the story, I have no longer become the I'm a healer but type character and have instead moved on to throwing fireballs. Here's another one dot merit that makes me better at commanding the element of fire. So I'm going to take that just as an example I pulled out of my butt. That's probably not even a, even a very good mage example. But like, <laughs> but but my point stands that if you have a sweet, there's not hurts nothing to let people spot them out. Like people will be like, well, what about people doing it in bad faith? And I'm I assure you, you can tell when someone is trying to cheese you <laughs> and when they are not. Yeah. You can tell. I promise. <laughs> I would probably do it where I would include a a return criterion that says mm -hmm. um, uh, gain one merit XP back when. Right. Because, yeah. again, it is something I am overly fixating on that I don't know a lot of people care about. But, like, moving around merits and so on is, again, a player mechanic. I really like the way the idea that diegetically your avatar is like you have outgrown mm -hmm. this and this weird other thing now pops up. Putting a, a timer on it when you hit a beat or when you earn one that you could even tie it to earning one of these other uh special experience rewards since you really want to tie this whole narrative aspect in there i'm mean, like things like barrett's you can't avoid some degree of player level mechanic because no matter how you cut it the player still controls the character it's still their choice it's still a game i really hate when people are like this makes it feel gamey and i'm like it's a fucking game <laughs> this isn't theater if you want to do theater <laughs> go down go to the local theater and audition this is a game uh, but anyway so like there's a certain amount of meta-ness that that have that exists by necessity oh yeah i'm fine are, with the meta-ness we are playing a game but like okay but also from a balanced perspective putting a timer on it like this has to happen at the end of a story beat or when i earn one of these magic xp points or whatever but that's fine, because that is also what Essence does, because you can't change your merits out until um, you hit either a minor or major milestone, which is either a small plot beat or a big one. And presumably, that reflects the fact that you have done something in the story to cause this to change, or something in that story has happened where you were like, well, I really wanted to be, like I said earlier, this notorious bandit, uh, but oh no, <laughs> oh no, they've rallied behind me, and now I am the ruler. My influence is now backing. Or like... I spent all my money on buying an artifact. My resources are now artifact. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there should be a small collection of things that magical XP can always be spent for? So my thought here is... Yeah, okay. I do. So in addition to these things... I mean, things, tell me your thoughts, though. I do want to hear that. So one of the things that's kind of interesting because you have an avatar is I feel comfortable in gamifying experience in the sense that you experience a moment of character growth, they realize who they are, they strengthen their understanding of the world around them, a mage of night folk, of werewolves, fairies, whatever. And I guess probably probably fairies and wraiths this would probably apply to. It seems like in that moment, the character kind of realize what's, realizes what's happening. And mm -hmm. it would make sense that like the, the gaining of an XP could be potentially represented in game. So like, I was wondering if there were a small number of ones where like, for instance, you can always spend an arcane XP or a magical XP or an arcane beat to- I like arcane XP way better. Okay. Good job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to reroll all non-success die dice on a roll that in the moment of execution, the character realizes that there is a superior outcome as they move through the tapestry, which is the mage word for reality. And in mm -hmm. that moment of realization, they choose another way. Yeah. Yeah, or they can always use it to prevent two points of non-aggravated damage or get two points of quintessence or something like that. The problem is, is figuring out ones where taking the kooky thing would be better than that sure thing. So I don't, I'm not quite sure how that kind of work, how I would want to square that. 
this was a very fun thing you can do to make sure that everybody has at least a little arcane XP at the end of every session mm -hmm. or during every scene. So in, in Weapons of the Gods, you had a resource called Joss, which I think was just was basically like good luck. Uh, and you could give people Joss, which added another die to your roll uh, for for doing cool things. It was like like basically like a stunt bonus, like you can give stunt dice or whatever. So you allow everyone to be able to give someone else an arcane XP for doing anything they think was cool. Oh, you made a bad decision? Here's my arcane XP for you. Oh, you described something in a really cool way? Here's an arcane XP. Oh, you cast a spell and it really saved everyone's bacon? Here's an arcane XP. Oh, so oh, this is something made each very player gets to player hand to another. Okay. Yes, hand out to another to hand to another player, and then the storyteller can make sure that everybody at least has something acknowledged at the end of the session. So I love that idea because Transcoats <laughs> and Katanas, which is a game that I think is far better than it has any business being, um, <laughs> which there is a, a Spirit Fingers mechanic in that, where if someone does something cool, you basically dab and do Spirit Fingers at someone. <laughs> Um, and, and they collect kind of this momentum point that they can trade in for an extra die. That game is so f mechanically fascinating, Monica, in the way it wants you to go hard. Like, Brief Digression, you, uh -huh. there's an awesome switch that you activate in that game. And once you are uh -huh. in awesome mode, you stay awesome as long as you keep winning dice rolls. Um, All right, Devil May Cry, calm down. <laughs> The cool thing about it is you get to these weird parts where you're like, oh, I'm trying to get through this toll booth quickly. Do I want to use my superhuman powers? Because if something stupid happens and I lose the awesome because I couldn't get through the easy pass lane fast enough. So your character is constantly going genitals to the perimeter for no reason because you want to keep your, your awesome points. And then the idea is you blow through all your resources to maintain your awesome points. And then your character kind of has a, a rest and digest catharsis moment where they're like, am I really awesome? And then they go, yes, I am. And the cycle begins anew. And it's so effing fun. I didn't think it would be. But like, I'm suddenly at the table and I'm a character operating a tugboat. And I'm like, no, I have to go extreme on this tugboat operation because I don't want to lose my awesome points. <laughs> so I've heard that basically trench coats and katanas and all of their strengths are like the best World of Darkness send ups that are out there it, because it does in the same way it is not a parody or a satire it is a homage it's a, it's a send up it's yes an homage. Yeah. it is done well a love letter yes <laughs> so anyway one of the best one shots i've ever played because it was just me and a whole bunch of like people who remember like playing games with gary gygax so they're playing okay. very tactically uh -huh. and i'm just like no well you <laughs> well you were making out the back of car uh, cars i was studying the d10 so so that makes sense so it sounds like the hardest thing for me is going to be balancing those little hey do you want this weird kooky thing or do you want this one-off guaranteed thing i do like the jazz hand spirit fingers hey monica's character did something ba and i like the idea of narratively that you did something that was inspiring to me and again i'm a magic user so that moment of me going whoa the world is beautiful <laughs> I, <laughs> like it makes sense for me to slide that across the table so now we have this kind of thing and as you mentioned yeah like people can min max or game it but that's what a storyteller is there for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You can also just limit the number of uh, spirit fingers. You can you can wave at people uh, a session. Because like one of the interesting things, World of Darkness is a game kind of about failure. Exalted is mm -hmm. a game about success. Success, yeah. Mage to me never really fit into the horror milieu in the same mm -hmm. way to me it was more dark urban fantasy more than anything else it wasn't explicitly horror it can go horror but that's not where mm -hmm. it lives natively so the tldr is 
Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna expand the number of merits and flaws which are available, and there's nothing ever stopping people from adding merits and flaws. Um, oh sure. We're gonna give you either additional XP or we're gonna cordon off certain XP during character creation. Hey, these can only be used to customize your magic. Cool points. We make it mm-hmm. use it or lose it, just like mm-hmm. paternal leave in the Nordic countries. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's like, Hey, dad's got to take some time off too, or you lose this time. Gosh, darn it. And I like that as an idea, both politically and game design wise. Then over the course of play, we have these, uh, these arcane XP. Is that the term you liked? Yes. Yes. I I like that a lot. (laughs) We have wizard points. They they can be used. (laughs) Wizard points. (laughs) (laughs) They can be used to buy these little quirks that temporarily modify the way you do things. If you get an ex, if you buy one of these merits of character creation that you then outgrow, you can swap it in for a different one. Also, that over the course of the session, if someone does something that's really cool, this is Monica's back way of introducing stunting into mage. Uh, <laughs> you, you, everyone has the ability to say, "Hey, that was super cool," or "That was a really interesting uh, expression of who your character is," or "That looked like growth to me." You get one of these little X points at the end of the session, or within a session or two, they need to pick what it gets turned into. It can't be pulled indefinitely, and if you don't use it, no bigs. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Monica. Yeah. You're welcome. There was a brief period of time where it was just going to turn into incantations and invisible sun. And then I'm like, oh man, then I'm going to have to make like 150 of these. And then I had the <laughs> the immediate thought of, oh, I can easily make 150 of these. I am now getting a work call. So I'm going to hang up. Thank you so much, Monica. Okay. All right. You're welcome. Talk to you later. <laughs>